0: I'm Pasha Hanina and I am Lisa Wagoner and you're listening to Mystic Tea. Mystic Tea is a podcast dedicated to the mystical and magical. We've invited some of our favorite friends to share their wit and wisdom, unique gifts, and crafty conjurings. So take off your cloak and set a spell and join us for a cuppa. Mystic Tea. welcome again to mystic tea we are here in the tea house today with one of our favorite people on the planet christine it's true Thank because you, everybody, <laughs> one of everybody's favorite here at all yes. because not only is she one of our most beloved tarot readers but she's also the jewelry tool and toy magical creatrix behind Um, Magic Cupboard, which is our very fun and playful, spooky fun um, booth that we have here in the store. Christina is a third-generational magic practitioner and a bona fide kitchen witch. She prepares the meals the same way she prepares her tools, with intention, magic, and the greatest ingredient of all, love. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Thank you. So, welcome, Christina. Before we get started, what are we drinking? We'll start with you, Christina.
1: I'm doing an iced decaf chai.
0: That sounds really good. Ooh, that that sounds good. good. yeah is that? it is good Um I'll go next. I'm actually having sparkling water <laughs> 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 It's sparkly and it's bubbly and it's blueberry, and that's just what so I'm yummy. Eating. yeah, it's crazy, fizzy goodness, yeah.
2: Well, same for me. Pasha got me into drinking fizzy water now. So I have oh, good. lime, mint, and elderflower thing that I pick up at Whole Foods. And now I'm officially addicted. So
0: thanks, Pasha. Oh, yummy! <laughs> yeah, yummy, yummy. The way that I, that's funny, because I'm going to share a funny story that has nothing to do with anything. But the way that I got my karma, my karmic return on uh, bubble water is that w- back when we were doing events, we had an event at a very expensive resort and I didn't want to buy water. The waters were like six or $7 a piece. So Ooh. during, while we were there doing, you know, the, the meetings and everything that we were um producing they had trays and trays and trays of Perrier and so I would take a Perrier and shove it in my bag and take a Perrier and shove it in my bag and that was my big rebellion that I wasn't going to pay eight dollars for you know bottled water but the downside of it is that was 20 years ago and now I'm still drinking that bottled water that I never really liked before so it yeah. was on me yeah <laughs> The joke was on me,
2: but it is so refreshing in the summer heat. So thank you for that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and the bubbles add a little bit of spiciness. They do.
0: They are. They're sparkly. They make me happy. Yeah, yeah, definitely happy things that make me happy. Christina, you are one of the things in life that make me very happy because you. Oh, thank so you. Wonderful. Yeah, it's true though. Like you bring such a wonderful joy and magical play into all that you do in life, and um. I, I guess I just would start out by saying I know what what your work means to me. But what would you like our our listeners to know about you and your work? Uh, I am constantly evolving. My work is always evolving. I've
1: learned a lot of lessons. Um, I've learned them at a faster pace over the last three years than before. Things have a sense of urgency now that they didn't have before. Um, but I want, I want. The work that I do and the magic that I make to communicate how much love I have and how much joy I have and how I think um, the path for me, especially, is uh, reminding myself that there is joy. There is joy everywhere. You have to you have to seek it, though. Lots of love and lots of joy.
0: That's so true. And I I have to say that you've been a great teacher to me as well as a great friend over these many years. But one of the things I think that you taught me the most is that magic can be fun because that was never my practice before. I was very, very rigid and structured and (laughs) magic was magic and that was the way it was. And I remember. (laughs) Sometimes it would pull me in and I would I would just lay there like you know, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into now? And you would just laugh, kind of like you just did. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes
1: it's tricky like being playful in the face of a triple Scorpio. No, quadruple. (laughs) I don't know how many Scorpios.
0: (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of Scorpio in there <laughs> and I'm just multiplying Every time I have my astrology read They're like, oh, wow Did you know you have another aspect in Scorpio? I said, that's just <laughs> under a rock yeah. somewhere in your chart Yeah, exactly But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, exactly that I remember one of the very first times That we ever hung out You know, you came in I, I talked about you being a kitchen witch And I really, truly mean that Because we were going to have a play date and I was doing some really intense work, and I'm very private, very private about a lot of the work that I was doing. And yeah. our kids had just started kindergarten, and you uh, were coming over with your kids to my house. And I had kind of forgotten because I was so immersed, and there was just some really intense things happening. And I had, I, I was really in a very I don't even know how to describe the moment that the knock came on the door and the kids come running down the door, coming running down the stairs, And they open the door, and there's Christina. And oh, she's got trays cute. and trays of food and bags of chips and this <laughs> and that. And then and she comes in and then magically, there's a tablecloth. I didn't have a tablecloth. Tablecloth appears magically. And there's <laughs> everything, food, drink, beverage, dessert that you could possibly need for a play date just magically appears. And I'm just sitting there going, um... And I, you know, like, I I just like, that was it. Like I I knew in that moment, like we were able to talk about what was going on and you really understood that. And we just had that instant connection of, oh my gosh, this is, this is a whole nother side of magic that is fun and playful and sparkly. And having kids really opened that up for me. Really opened it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, and you used to love like every Halloween, every, oh, still, um, Still, every Halloween is filled with toys and trinkets and the one of the things that we carry here at the store, the magic cupboard. What do you call those? The magic eight balls that you unroll? The magic prize magical balls, magical yeah. toys inside. I made
1: another batch for you guys for this year. Oh, yeah. Different toys, different treats. Yeah, everything's Excellent. different. And this time they're wrapped in crepe paper so they look like little bats.
2: Oh, nice.
1: The those crepe paper. Bad. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I love them. I love them. I'm going to keep making them because I love them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And another thing about that was I had been having dreams about a um, turquoise and coral serpent necklace. And one of the, yeah. you had come in with, with all of that and all of this stuff was happening. And I realized that I just had to tell you, and, and I said, I don't, you know, know how you're going to take this, but I've been having dreams about the turquoise and coral serpent. And you kind of go, huh? In between placing brownies on the table, you go, "Oh yes, I just made a turquoise and coral serpent necklace last night. I was wondering who that was going to be, <laughs> who it was going to be for, and I was just like go, 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 go.'" go. And I yeah. got the very first magic cupboard piece, and the, yeah, it was that amazing yeah. pendulum serpent like necklace. There was a necklace, but it was a pendulum, and the pendulum when it swung, it would swing like two and a half feet. It was just like the most responsive pendulum. Uh. <laughs>
1: I, I love making pendulums so much. those are my favorite.
0: Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I love that serpent too. That one was so much fun to make. That one was really good and then it disappeared, and then um, we had, yeah. had it came back. I still have it, but um yeah, that was it's been a journey. Speaking of a journey, you're a multi-generational witch what What does that mean? And tell us a little <laughs> bit about that.
1: <laughs> my mother, my grandmother both practiced in their different ways different from me Uh, my grandmother used to have this game that she would play when i was little we would sit around the table and one of us would write down a word on a piece of paper and fold it up tiny and my grandmother would hold it in front of her head and tell you what was written on the paper without unfolding it Um, my mom did tarot cards my grandmother also uh, i was staying with her i stayed with her a lot when i was young and both my parents worked full-time and I just love being with my grandma, obviously. And uh, she we were in the kitchen hanging out, and all of a sudden she she was washing dishes, and all of a sudden she put the dishes down and she ran out the door. and I chased after her. and she ran across the apartment complex that she was in. She was a manager, um, ran across the uh, apartment complex to this older woman's house. So she ran across the apartment complex up the stairs into this woman's house. Um, and the woman had stopped breathing, had was choking on something. so my grandmother was flying heimlich maneuver um then the woman breathed and my grandma was like okay well will see you later left her house right wow. stairs, went across the apartment complex and at that moment i was terrified of my
2: grandmother. <laughs> are watching
1: you or god is watching you. i'm like no grandma is watching you <laughs> like, yeah. oh and there's wow. this all seeing all knowing woman you know that anchors the family uh so she had a very strong very powerful very scorpionic personality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And my mom just adored her. Well, everybody in our family adored my grandmother. Uh, She genuinely cared about everybody. Everybody had an intimate relationship with her, Um, but she has a very powerful personality and kind of dominated what our family was or could be or would be. And so I would say that my experience of multi-generational magic is of kind of trying to carve my own path you know with very powerful women practitioners um and it was a struggle early on but now I just move through things very naturally and I think it's because I worked out all the the rough spots early on I'm grateful for the experience but it wasn't easy always growing up in that environment
2: well, where did they get it from, do you think? I mean, for like in my family, I just sort of considered it folk magic. Like they mm-hmm. I mean, like if I use words like witchcraft and things like that, they would not have responded to that yet. You know, yeah. as an adult and moving through life, I realize now it's like, oh, wait a second. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. what, what would, I mean, how would you classify it or do you think it was like from sure. their ancestors or?
1: Definitely. Absolutely. And there are definitely women prior to my grandmother who practiced, but things just aren't as clear cut. Uh Um, The experience that I got was 100 percent my grandmother and she owned it. Um, She had lots of books. She would absolutely say that she was a witch. Mm -hmm. Uh, She would joke about it. And I remember like telling friends at school. I was very young, maybe seven or eight. I remember going to school and telling people about it at school. My grandma's a witch. And then after school, I got beat up. So I learned not to talk about it. (laughs) 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 yeah um but i would go and check in with my grandmother Uh, later in my grandmother's life before she passed away she was also studying christianity version of god um and she she had changed quite a bit by the end of her life but would still i mean all of us would still say that she was practicing um Mm -hmm. she just didn't go to the books as much as she did when i was younger didn't have she had a very spooky, dark, eclectic collection, too. Lots of things in her home that we weren't allowed to touch. Mm-hmm. Um, she had masks and drums and rattles. And um, she loved wearing dark, very dark clothing, cloaks, black hair her whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very powerful personality. Uh, my mom was much more natural, much more earthy. and. Um, my mom's a potter now, which makes perfect sense to me. She's she's using these techniques that she was, you know, exploring when she was younger and now putting them all in pottery. Um Yeah, yeah. Uh it's really it's really cool to see too. Um the but when I was younger, I think with my mom mostly it was tarot card reading, but she wouldn't read my cards. Um there was no way she could be as dark as my grandmother. (laughs) My grandmother could have had the whole like Uh, she she had that tied down lockdown uh and so we all kind of respected her authority on things you know um Mm -hmm. but I was very curious I have lots of cousins can't think about how many cousins I have right now my mom I think has six siblings Mm -hmm. and most of them had children all but one have children uh so I have lots of cousins and we all recognized my grandma's authority um we've used tons of different terms for it growing up um and and studied lots of different kinds of magic growing up um lots of different art forms as well um we had access to pretty much everything mm-hmm. but it was private it was family it was um and maybe even not communicated amongst all of the family mostly the women in the family i would say um but that was my personal experience she could have been communicating just as much with with the boys and the men, but I didn't receive that as much as I did with other women in
0: our family. I don't know if I answered your question. Uh, You answered the question and opened up the door for so many more because (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love hearing you talk about your mom and your grandmother and um, I just, I've always loved, you know, you sharing that experience uh, mm-hmm. of, with them with me and we have your mom's blessed this store with some of her um lavender and chocolate mint and you know these wonderful things that she grows and will just send it's so nice you know oh so, good so wonderful that she'll send them and i can feel her love and pride whenever she um sends lavender wands or you know something fresh oh yeah, yeah 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 Yep. and but, but, I wonder, because you know magic is so binding and it's so intricate and so complex when we know that our ancestors have practiced and we don't necessarily know the intricacies of that practice, how mm. do you think that that affects you? And your children and your grandchildren to come like on a generational level, on on an ancestral level, do you have to work through some of the some of the intricacies of of their magic? That's a great question. I feel
1: there, my my ancestors and then my family that I've experienced directly their magic. Uh, They've created a foundation for me. I think having that foundation gives me confidence um, that maybe I wouldn't have had I not had those experiences. It's difficult to say. It just feels like the feeling for me is like pressure, you know, like just being under pressure, heat and pressure, knowing that you're being observed, knowing that there's a standard or an expected way to move through the world and then as you become an adult understand that you have a totally different way of communicating my grandmother uh really conveyed the responsibility of magic mm-hmm. and that's the message I would get from my ancestors too. So my grandmother was very protective protecting family there were you know the world was a much harder place for women when she was cutting her path um and so there's a lot of not a not appeasement, that's not the right word. Um, something to do with respect though, respecting the way that things have been done um, and trying to figure out your way while still respecting the way that things have been done. That's, that was what was difficult. That dance is difficult to figure out. And my mom carried the same message of respect. Um, and it's tricky for me to know that my voice is going to be about joy and playfulness in specifically that environment, but I definitely, definitely feel respect and love for my ancestors and for the generations of magic practitioners before me. What would you say, Lisa?
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good question. Um, I like what you said about, you know, your generational, it's it's a spell that you had to find yourself I mean, I think you wrote like getting out from under, but I think Mm -hmm. it's just sort of building layers upon layers of, of what came before. Cause I mean, I know I'm like, I, I have a similar situation with my mother and my grandmother and it just feels like they were the foundation and then there was more added to it. And now I have to sort of blaze my own path too, because like you said, the times are different and I feel like we can be more open And Mm -hmm. they could not. And um, although, you know, news would say otherwise, it feels a a little (laughs) bit less patriarchal, you know, just because, I mean, Mm -hmm. I was raised to be like very independent. You get stuff done, um, you know, like being female and not being able to do things that never like was part of our vocabulary. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, And I think it's, it's true. It's sort of like you... It is like being forged, though. Like you said, it's just like you have to sort of burn away all the stuff that didn't work for them or that you saw didn't work for them and find your own path. And I think there was also just because they both lived through World War II in Germany that there's a level of fear with what they have where I don't feel like I have that. I mean, been fortunate not to have to live through something like that. I mean, we've had yeah. horrific things happen, but not on the level of that. And so, yeah, so it, it is very interesting to see how we forge our own paths, you know, especially following up on on generational magic. I just think that's, that's a beautiful thing. What about you, Pasha?
0: Well, I asked the question because I really hadn't necessarily um, processed that whole concept of unbinding our immediate ancestors work that they have done. But I will definitely say that I have had the experience. And now that I'm learning more about my ancestry, because I didn't grow up knowing um, my family and I didn't grow up knowing Mm -hmm. any of my grand uh, parents, except my mother's mom and her stepdad. That was the only real relative that I knew growing up and, um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about their history. I didn't know anything other than, I, like I've mentioned in the past, I, I I I hear them. So they would talk to me when I was little, and I would walk around saying things, and and my sister would be like, "Why are you making that up?" You know, Ooh. and I'm like, "No, they told me that, and mm-hmm. and I know this, you know, and and so, um, so my ancestors definitely talked to me, but. I didn't understand their path or their journey or the work that they'd done or or anything like that. But recently we started uncovering a very, very deep relationship to certain um, areas in England and Ireland. Mm -hmm. And I um, recently, a few years ago, I was in England and I found myself in this area that I um, don't know why I was there. It was a place where there were Roman forts and there was previously a Druid op- occupation. And it was a place where they had had murdered the Druids that were living there and they had built a Roman fort. And as I turned the corner, I started shaking, mm. sobbing, like mm. hysterically. and And anybody who knows me will tell you, I don't cry. Okay. I, mean, I was. I'm not an emotional person. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, level-headed or anything, but I just don't really, emotion's just not a comfortable feeling for me. So I just was bawling, bawling, sobbing no. hysterically. And my daughter in the back was reciting and unbinding a curse. She was unbinding a curse and saying it out loud, like she was on repeat of saying the curse that was laid on that ground yeah. a thousand you know years ago during that time, and I was having the vision, and she was reciting, it. and I know like we both knew in that moment like that was something from our line that we just unbound like we just undid a curse that had been. That, that we've been liberating ourselves from that. And I feel like a lot of that has been my personal work. Um, even if I don't know it, even if I don't, you know, it doesn't come to me in, in a magic book like it does, you know, on TV or something like that. But I feel like a lot of my personal work has been unbinding um, those, those spells and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. creating a new um, uh, place where I, I don't know how to, like, I don't know that I have the word for the the feeling, but it feels like a place that's not based in fear or a, a trauma that's not based or, you know, a, a spell that's not based in the kind of destruction that happened to women, to children, to our ancestors, to, to those, uh, you know, who walked the path that we did, um, mm-hmm. So uh, like right now, in our life, we don't have those things happening. you know, we have the freedom to stand up and say, "I have these practices or I believe in these things, and um encourage we, we can yeah. courage yeah and and you know i I think so and and so I feel like um there's there there's courage there and there's strength and there's resilience, but there's there's you know i I feel like. I'm not only unbinding, but I'm also rebuilding and rebinding through Mm -hmm. the roots and the courage and the strength of all of those ancestors um, and all of the work and all of the practices that they have handed down to us, you know? So I don't know if I answered my own question, but I Mm -hmm. guess I'm processing it as we go. I'm just sort of talking myself through it. But I know that you you mentioned magical responsibility and that, um that's something that we've all been very um we have in common. And, yeah. uh, and I think, you know, it's really interesting to say that while you specialize in play and spooky fun, um, there's nothing that is not intentional right. about your work. And that is what right. makes it really, really awesome to work with because the intention is so pure and of such love and play, um, in all of your work. And even if it's shadow work and hard work and painful work, it's still, I'm not doing the work. I'm not doing the magic unless I know that it's coming from a place of truth. And so I wait, I'm not in a hurry, you know, I'm not reacting. I'm, It has such integrity and such um, intention. And that's just something that I've always really admired. I appreciate that. It's very hard not to be reactive.
1: Um, For me personally, I'm an emotional person. It's so interesting working with you because there are a lot of ways in which we are opposites. And I've learned so much in my relationship with you. I feel it's given me the ability to focus a lot more than I had before. Um, And I've had to kind of work out. It's kind of like all of the theories I had about the way things should be get tested when I work with you, because I'm like, well, You know, if I am being authentic and honest, this isn't fun. (laughs) I'm not having fun. So why are we doing this? (laughs) You know, when I hit that wall, I have to be very honest and then ask myself, okay, what, what was my actual goal? And was that goal already met? And now have we moved into a territory where it's growth and or challenges and growth, right? Um, or am I, have I entered a, a place that I'm not really ready for? I can't give it the respect that it deserves.
0: Like, is it even invites the question of what, you know, what is magic? Like, what does it mean to be for, I know, you know, you and I, we, another thing that we share in common, um, is that we believe in living a magical life. Like mm-hmm. life is the magic. Um, yeah. but what is, what is magic mean to you? Uh,
1: so I would say that I, I believe personally that for some it's performative and for others, it's a very private practice of connection with the universe. I think for me, what I try and do is, connect with the universe connect with the world in a graceful way and when i am practicing magic or making magic or being magical it feels like a dialogue with the world and i want to navigate that dialogue free from the burdens of fear or anger or any of the things that stop me from growing um Magic is a way to flip my perspective. So if I'm caught in situations that I feel are antagonistic, or I feel my lower emotions, tendencies, vibrational behavior really triggered or, or, or wanting to come out, magic is an opportunity to communicate with that, that part of myself, that shadow part of myself. OK. Um, I need to address something. I need to be honest about something. There's something going on here uh, that I, I need to change. Is it just a shift in my perspective that needs to happen or do I need to communicate the shift to everybody else? That shift is magic.
0: It's kind of like um, I always say you can do the magic or you can be the magic. And When for me, living a magical life, like being in the magic is just being the magic, Mm -hmm. Um, which is maybe an extension of but also different than sitting down and creating a spell or creating um, something, you know, sometimes you just tap into into the magic that exists all around us. One mm-hmm. of my ancestors that speaks to me, they say, what you call magic, uh, grandmother, she says, what you call magic isn't magic. You know, it, it, that just used to be the way things are
1: <laughs> you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Call magic now
0: because, you know, it, it's you know, it's so unusual to tap into that energetic flow and be and, and to be uh, connected to the all that is that it feels uniquely odd. As opposed to this kind of structured, um, existence that is always, you know, you have to work hard to get something Yep. yep. And I, I I just, I always think of this whenever I think of like being the magic, I, I, it's sort of like that. These are not the droids you're looking for kind <laughs> of <you> know, <laughs> mind tricks. But I remember this time I was beating my head against the wall, trying really hard to get, um, a permit for something and and it was like the time was ticking and and they kept telling me no kept telling me no kept telling me no and I was just like hmm and I just sat down and I just got into the flow I was like I'm not thinking I'm not creating I'm not you know doing a little Mm -hmm. focus I'm just in the flow and their eyes shifted they were like it it was definitely these are not the droids you're looking for moment Mm -hmm. they're like hold on one moment (laughs) and they went back to the back room (laughs) oh look I found the person that needed to sign the permit just as they were walking out the door and here's your permit at like five minutes to five you know and that's being the magic where you are just in it and you're just you're just connecting um to that is that the way that you think that uh, you know so the difference between doing and being for me
1: is if I'm asking myself if my expression is authentic then I'm doing the magic I'm doing a spell. I'm making a recipe, right? Um, and when I'm examining because I'm doing the magic for me is like the agreed upon method of bringing about a certain outcome. So I'm collaborating with other practitioners or I'm looking up old recipes, or I'm reading charts of accordant uh, concordances. Um but if I'm just extending myself out into the universe, with um, an emotion that I'm feeling and I'm able to communicate that to others, this emotion, either verbally or non-verbally, um, like if I'm casting a spell or if I am creating an object that I then hope resonates with an individual, um, I'm being the magic. I'm just extending myself. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Would you, what would you say, Lisa? Yeah, Doing I definitely...
2: Yeah, no, I definitely feel that word authentic, and especially in the last couple of years, that has become so uber important, because I think people can go through the motions, and they can have, um, how do I put it? Um, They can have intentions that are pretty much like self-serving, which to me, that's not magic. You're just going through the motion and and not really doing it. And so what's really resonated with me the last few years is like you said, authenticity and and living a magical life. Um like I heard somebody say the other week about, you know, like how people go to festivals or pagan gatherings or or whatever. And they're just like, oh, you know, we are gearing ourselves up to get back into the world of the muggles, you know, and, and mm-hmm. like it's so different. And it's like it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, it's great, mm-hmm. you know, to get together and there is a different different feeling but if you live a magical life it is it is tapping into that flow and i heard like a, a writer one time Uh, She talked about like her writing gift is like sort of like there was this underground river and she just sort of Mm. put out a fishing line and it would like tap into it when I get goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. And so that's (laughs) what it feels like. It's just like you're tapping into the essence of, you know, this planet and of nature and and magic itself. And then, you know, like we're casting a line and that goes
0: through us. So that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you one of the things we love to talk about is just everyday magic. Like, how do you bring magic into your everyday life? This is one of our favorite topics, all three of us, we love this topic. Yay. And, and, Chris and um, Lisa, your book is full of everyday magic. There's like your positive pagan book is just full. of That's what I loved about it because you can literally reach into your um, spice cabinet and sprinkle a little magic into um, your bathtub or, or into your life, however you want to do it. Um, and Christina, this is just like your jam, your jam mm-hmm. yeah. everyday mm-hmm. magic. Mm-hmm. How about some everyday magic tips from the magic cupboard? So for
1: me, this is where the joy comes. Um, some tips from my magic cupboard. Oh, I don't think I've prepared that. Of course I have to have that ready. Hmm.
2: Well, when like, do you can you start make your day party? with that? Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> No, I was just Uh, curious because, like, when I think about that question, I always go back to like first thing in the morning because I'm not a morning person, and I sort of, you know, have little rituals that I do that bring me into that mindset when I'm like half my body's not awake. (laughs) So, um, so does your start like when you wake up and as you go through the day, or is it more just after your?
1: It it does start when I wake up. I have a a morning mantra that I do, Mm -hmm. and it's about feeling joy. or or placing joy within. So um, at the day begins, you feel joy within, and it's a choice, conscientious choice that you're making throughout the day. That's been the biggest, it's had the most effect, I should say, on my ability to come back to that feeling of joy because I'm setting my intention in the morning to find joy. Mm. Um, And you can find them in small moments or you can construct big moments. I think when you are creating a family meal, you know, that's a huge spell that you're casting. Um, and you know, it's so powerful. Some families, they're like, you know, grandma, noni's lasagna, that's the thing, you know, they're feeling every bit of that spell when they're eating that lasagna. Um, so we have these personal family rituals and spells. I think it's the act of making something a ritual that actually, creates everyday magic it's and in making an uh, an activity or an action a ritual you're giving it conscientious right you're giving it you're giving it energy conscientiously it's not an accident although there are some women who've been doing this so long it seems so easy it looks like an accident grandmas are very good at that you know Um, but anything that you're doing with intention and i like when i was thinking about this Um, I was thinking about people who add vitamins to their smoothie, like vitamin powders to their smoothies. Um, That is a spell for better health and for more well-being in general. Um, We grow mushrooms here and we've tried lots of different, we've dried them, we've put them in tinctures and like getting to know the mushroom world is absolutely practicing magic. Um, Understanding the way that vitamins, anything that you put in your body, the way that it it interacts with you is magic. Um, And when you're doing it with intention, you feel it right away. And people who are witnessing this practice of yours are absolutely able to discern an effect. You know what I mean? Immediately when you've made it intentional. Um, Everyday magic is intentional, I think. Um, And I think it might only be the intention that matters. Mm -hmm. I hadn't, Really articulated it that way before.
0: It reminds me too of our thoughts. Our thoughts are magic. And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, we've always taught our young ones is uh, what you think you create. Your words are magic, your thoughts are magic. So be mindful of how you use that. And, you know, the old say it three times and it is so. I, you know, I remember once when my kids were, um, really little and my little dragon got mad at me so mad at me <laughs> and she said you are the meanest mama in the world mm-hmm. and, I, and i said okay and she goes and then i she didn't get the reaction she wanted so she said it again you are the meanest mama in the world and i said well that's twice three more times and you might just actually have the meanest mama in the world. And she said, you really made me
2: mad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But our our thoughts are really um, incredibly powerful magic. And so how we program our thinking, how we, how we change our story, how we communicate with the world around us, how, um, one of my favorite things is that I took um a negative angry expression that began with the letter F and I turned it into may you enjoy the consequences of your action. Right. <laughs> Which has right. It, a wonderful um and and beautiful way because yeah. I it was released all the any anger, any hurt, any frustration, any thing that might have attached or connected me to that individual or circumstance. I just released to to become what it what it is, you know, uh what it is going to become. So, you know, that's just a, to me another example of everyday magic. And I call that fun magic, you know, to me, yes, that's absolutely. The fun, that's the fun stuff and rather than the intricate stuff. That's the stuff that gives us giggles, you know, when yep. we're, when we're uh sitting around the tea cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Lisa, every day for you. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because like you said, it just brings so much joy. And I think once you've truly experienced that, you want more of it, you know? So, um, yeah, it's like, so it's always like finding my way back into that moment of, that joy and then just that happiness that you're part of this energy and the flow. And when things are flowing, it's just amazing. So, yeah. Oh
1: God, it's so amazing. Yeah. And it's hard. It's not easy to stay in that place. No, not at all, but it's, it's so precious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But you love it and, you know, want to get back to it. So, yeah. Yep.
0: Well, I would love to talk more, but I think our time here is just about up. So I'm going to turn it over to our Maiden of Mystical Curation. <laughs> Only you say it like that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah. So items in from Magic Cupboard. I have to start, first of all, like your jewelry is just so mm-hmm. magical. Uh, and I think actually it was one of the first pieces I ever bought like right after I started working out of and earth. And I didn't, I don't even think I'd met you at that point, but I was like, mm-hmm. so drawn to like this moon necklace. And it was funny because like I remember thinking, oh, you know, I want this piece of jewelry, you know, the, I, you know, because the moon means so much to me and following the moon okay. cycle and everything. And, and so like, it was just, it was just like a tractor beam. It just sort of pulled me to your a section of the store. So yeah, your jewelry is amazing. So oh, I love have, that
1: piece too. I love that piece. Yeah. That, you got. that was, yeah. I really enjoyed making that piece.
2: It's one of my favorites and it's, it's also yeah. really good length because I like longer necklaces. And so you do have a, a great variety of that. And so, so we carry your jewelry and I know we still have your, um, the shaky skulls. We still have
1: those. Oh, that, cool! Um,
2: That's rad. Yeah. Especially as we head towards the holidays. So
1: I'm really excited. Oh yeah. I have lots of toys for you guys. I can't wait to show you.
0: Yeah. Yay. That's so fun. Well, all, all of the things are fun. I really love the badges. I was hanging so out the other day. She um she made these badges. They look like medals, but they have like a bat or a ghoul. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I love those. A, yeah. a, a skully with like sparkly eyes or something. You know, they're really fun. I have and some more bugs for you this time, like the um the uh pewter and brass beetles. Oh yeah. those are cool. Those are yeah. cool. yeah, those yeah. are really cool. Uh, yeah, they always get a lot of attention. You'll find those right thank in the front of the store because we love looking at them. <laughs> oh, thank and so, you. Yeah, well, our time here is done. If you, well, thank another you thing so I would say is we love it when you come to visit us, Christina. So um, for those listeners that might wonder if we can get a reading with Christina or yes. the, um, the uh, magic cupboard creatrix herself, just follow us on, I guess, our socials or our web page and we'll let you know when christina comes to visit
1: yeah all- there'll be lots of time coming up now that spooky season is around the corner great
0: yes. very exciting well thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom i know we'll have you back on because we have lots more to talk about yeah, um, thank, you. thank you so much for being um with us here on mystic tea Yeah. thank you ladies i love yes. this this was so much fun yeah, it's great to see and hear you again. Great thank you for joining you us. Oh, thank you. Okay, take care. Bye, bye. Bye.
2: Thank you for listening. Mystic Tea is produced by the astara Network in collaboration with Awandan Earth, a mystical mercantile community
0: space and future home of the Two brooms Tea House. You can visit us in the town of Marshall, nestled in the magical mountains of western North Carolina. Or visit us online at ofwandandearth.net. Or we're on Facebook and Instagram at ofwandandearth. That's ofwand, A-N-D, earth.